0: From the banks of Dewey Lake, it's the Dewey Pod Monster. All right, welcome back. My name is John, and this is the Dewey Pod Monster podcast. This is your weekly podcast about consumption, the original podcast about consumption. And with me this week is the host of the Dewey Pod Monster podcast. He's also the authority on Michigan craft beer and. His name Sean. Sean, how are you doing today? Hello. Very good. Off to a killer start. As always. What have you been up to this week? Nothing.
1: Yeah, me too. I watched a few things I can talk about. Watch some things I can't talk about because they're I'm under embargo. Because, no, I'm kidding. I, who are we I kidding? I didn't watch impressed. shit. Yeah, I know. It'd be pretty cool. Nobody talks you're, to me. They t- you're, the, you're the mouthpiece. They talk to you. They go through you. They go through you to get to me. They, I'm not sure I want to be described
0: as a mouthpiece. <laughs> You're the mouthpiece. You're the horn that gets tooted. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been watching that's not under embargo?
1: Uh, Well, I can't talk about it. But what I can talk about <laughs> is <laughs> uh, I've been watching more beef. Did I talk about when I started watching beef? You talked about it briefly, but not in depth in any way. Yeah, still briefly watching it. Yeah. Um I started in Search of Darkness too, cuz I wanted to devote 5 hours to my life to watch more No it's a really good series I really do enjoy mm-hmm. This is part 2 so it's focusing on more 80s horror It's kind of I don't know it's interesting I find that um the parts aren't all that different I do like that they kind of talk a little bit more about the Italian stuff about the giallo and they kind of mm. go a little bit more, there's a little bit more of these segments, so in case somebody at home hasn't watched it, they show each year, they show movies from each year, they talk about it, but in between they have these little, I don't know, non-sequiturs or whatever, but they talk about different genres of,
0: of film. That are like different things that were like fads, like zombies or you know whatever, they'll go on like a little tangent, basically.
1: Yeah, and this one was the first I'm I'm really early in the movie. I think I'm only up to 1981. They spent almost more time on these little segments in between the years than they actually talk about the years sometimes. And the giallo part was really cool cuz they talk about Fulci and Argento and I can't remember the third guy. Uh I haven't seen the third guy. I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but even some of the movies that they show like Demons 2 is one that they talk about a lot or that they show a lot, they talk a lot about having the the eyeball stuff, you know, there's always there's some, like, eye fetish
0: that these Italian guys have. Demons, too, has a lot of similarities to our topic for the day, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, and other than that, been watching more
1: Maximum Exposure. I talked about it, I don't know, last week, two weeks ago. It's basically America's Funniest Home Videos, but people get hurt all the time <laughs> instead of just once in a while. I feel, you know, it's funny, because my family, we used to really love Sunday nights and watching, and I'm not talking about as a kid, I'm talking about within the last, like, five years. Really enjoyed gathering around, watching people get hit in the nuts on America's Funniest Stone videos. My wife's favorite thing, and I don't quite understand it, but she will lose her shit if someone trips, like people tripping and like trying to catch themselves and like, you know, the Flintstones, like the little bells and shit (laughs) ringing and somebody lands on their face. It's the best thing. But you watch that show and everybody, the ones that win are always the ones that aren't funny. Oh, yeah. And nowadays, you know, when we watched it as a kid, it was because n- not everybody had video cameras. And if you caught something that just happened out of the ordinary or something silly that happened, it was like, oh, cool. We caught this on tape. Did you get that on tape? We're going to send an America's home funny stone videos. But now when everybody has a phone, all the shit's like, you know, stuff that little kids do that little kids just do because they don't know any better or they say silly stuff that they just don't know any better, or they hear you say it. And it's it's just, I don't care about little kids doing stuff that's funny, because I've had little kids, and they're a pain in the ass, and they're funny like the 1%, and the other 99% is like, feed me, or give me clothes, or get me out of the rain, you know, and fuck that shit. Anyways, Maximum Exposure. <laughs> if you loved America's Funniest Home Videos, you haven't seen Maximum Exposure. A lot of the full videos, the full episodes are up on YouTube. You can watch those, too. I'll link
0: some in the show notes going back to the search of darkness for a second. Would you agree with my statement that, and again, I, I think I get why they did this because you probably didn't, they probably didn't know they were going to make three movies when they made the first one. But would you agree that would have been better if they could have just done them in like episodic format just do all of 1981, all of 1982 and so on, as opposed to breaking it up into the way they did with three films. Yeah.
1: Because like, I think we mentioned on, when I talked about part three, you see this wall of all the posters or all the the tape covers and everything, and there are so many on there that you're like, oh man, I hope they talk about that, and they don't. And it's not because they they're not important; it's just because they don't have. If they talked about every one of these movies that they show, these mosaics are massive. Sure, it would be cool for them to do like a 30 minute episode, you know, on some streaming service or even just like some commercial thing and making an hour and you know, spread it out with some commercials and talk about each one of these movies because there are so many movies. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time, but it's like there are so many movies that we saw in the in the video store that you were like, I really want to see that. And either you did or you didn't or you watched it because of what was on the cover. And there are so many movies out there. It's impossible to be able to talk about all of them. And maybe that's why they just haven't been
0: able to do that. But yeah. I, I do, the series is great. It is. It's cool to just see us. Someone give that, those movies that kind of love and give it that kind of exposure. Not that some like, again, not that Halloween or Friday the 13th needs exposure necessarily, but I'm not mad about going back to it either. So did you see
1: that they have another, they have like a sci-fi version. It's like in search of tomorrow and they have uh, another horror one that's coming out in search of the nineties is supposed to be coming too. Yeah. Or I, I don't know if that's it's like, like 90 through 95 or something.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that's like a final title or a working title or, or what it's weird that they would cut it at 95. Cause I, I don't think you would, have too many people argue that Scream was probably the biggest movie of that generation. That was ninety-six. So Yeah, that was everywhere. Yeah. Impossible to miss. Maybe they were just like, you know what? After that movie, fuck it. <laughs> so Yeah, maybe. I mean, it changed it, so that would kind of make sense. So I didn't really watch a whole lot. I had a ton of like real life stuff going on this week. So the only thing I've really watched, aside from our title our topic today, which I managed to catch twice, was I caught the two most recent episodes of Beavis and Buddha in which they try to plant cigarette butts to grow tobacco because they were told that George Washington grew tobacco. So they just thought you could plant cigarette butts. And Beavis gets tongue cancer because he keeps eating cigarette butts because he thinks they're seeds. And then in an what will they think of next? Well, in an effort to get their car back that got impounded, they proceed to get married because they think it's going to land them a three-way with the woman in the courthouse that married them. And how it, do they have a car? I'm not sure because I've been watching this whole like redo or reboot or whatever the hell they're calling this. This new, they're in the second season now. They've so most of the episodes they have like an episode where they're still kids and they have an episode where they're old Beavis and Botted, where they're like in their 40s or 50s or whatever they're supposed to be. <laughs> they've never had a car up to that point, but they do in this episode and it gets impounded. It's like a gremlin, which is kind of funny in itself. So. For those of you that don't know what a gremlin is, it's an old, shitty car that I kind of love because it's old and shitty. It's so like a pinto, but shitty. Pretty much. Slightly less uh explosive Exploding. than the pinto. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a thing back in back in uh what was that, the seventies where you get rear ended, you go boom. <laughs> <laughs> it might be early eighties, very early, but yeah, late seventies, early eighties. Before like my time. That. Yeah, before I was driving as well. So well, I think this is actually a good week to not kind of dilly dally too much on like random bullshit because we do have a topic and this one, I got a feeling might take a little bit more time to go through just because it's um, well, it's popular. So that means something, right? It's always a good thing. Talk about a popular movie. Yeah, something different. So I'm going to before we get into that, I want to say one of the things that I've kind of noticed has been a running theme for horror in 2023 and really in 2022 if i'm looking back at it with one notable exception prior to this i feel like my biggest complaint with horror movies is that i find myself wishing they didn't hold back like i feel like they go for an r rating but then they almost like once they get the r rating they're like all right that's good enough and we've talked about movies like sick that got an r rating and there's what three kills in that whole movie something like that we talked about x which we both were kind of unimpressed with and the black phone which we both were like these kids are going to be fine whatever (laughs) fuck happens in this movie these kids are going to be fine and now they're making a sequel for some reason which i'm not thrilled about i can say for the most part with this movie obviously you could always take it farther and i might or might not be okay with that evil dead rise movie that's the topic of the week i feel like they did a pretty good job of not holding back quite so much and it kind of pays off in this so why don't we get into it do you want to start with our third party review or do we want to flip it and go with our plot synopsis first?
1: No, you know, let's stay with the Colonel's own recipe and we'll go with the
0: uh the third party review first. So this is a long one. So Uh-oh. this is uh Is it two sentences ver- this time? No, it's about seven words. Oh. Verified user Ricky on Rotten Tomatoes gave it one star, said, didn't go see it, couldn't get <laughs> in the movie, got no refund. One star. Fucking A, Ricky. <laughs> Fucking A. All right, kick us off. What's this movie about? All right, sometimes on IMDb we go with
1: the plot, sometimes we go with the storyline. This time I think the, the storyline is better than the plot, so we're going to go with the plot. That's the one on the top for you following at home. It says, a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable.
0: Dun-dun-dun. Yep. Insert dun 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 duns right after that. This is a new movie that's just hit streaming platforms like last week when we're recording this. It's May 15th right now. You'll probably get this right at the end of May or the beginning of June, something like that. But we can't really talk about this movie without spoiling it. So consider yourself warm. There will be conversation about what this movie is about. That being said, I gotta say, one of my favorite sequences in this is the first like five to six minutes or so of the movie. I thought the opening scene was actually pretty well shot. It almost felt like a fan film and they just happened up until the very end. They just happened to use it for this movie.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed by it too. Uh, It kind of laid the scene of watching this movie. There is a scene where one of the people, one of the cast is flying a drone through the trees and stuff. And it comes across this woman on a dock and she's sitting there and, she it's the this i don't even know how to explain it it's this girl's cousin it's a second person's cousin she goes to check on the on the on her cousin because she's ill and the the guy is her boy is her jesus christ how can i explain this john we're gonna cut all that shit that i just said why don't you tell us
0: why don't you just tell us what the movie's about how tell us about this opening scene just tell us about the opening scene so so opening scene starts in the woods, which is what Evil Dead movies tend to do. It starts with the very tried and true steady cam running through the woods type shot that's sped up at like two to three X speed. And it essentially cuts right into this girl's face just about. Except then you find out that it's not the evil, quote unquote, that's going through the woods. It's just this dick slaps drone as he's in there with his Budweiser burping like a slob. The girl proceeds to go into her room, into a room to check on her her cousin. I guess I didn't really catch the relationship with him; didn't really care. So she goes into the room to check on her cousin, and her cousin's sick, and she's just kind of laying there. And then she starts reading a book, and some kind of—I don't remember what book it is, but it's got some kind of Withering Heights*. Okay, is that movie, Is that book actually about people coming back to life or whatever? I haven't read or, it. Me neither. I don't read. So, yeah, reading. Reading's for nerds. Not like us fine, well-educated folk that watch shitty horror movies. That's right. Like Black Devil Doll from Hell. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so she starts reading this book, and there's this passage that's kind of about, if I remember, someone something, something coming back to life or something like that. And the girl is, she was laying on the bed, and she's laying on the bed looking like someone who's half dead to begin with, but it, it looks like someone who's sick. Like, when you ever had a kid or, or someone that you're... Watching who's sick when they sleep and they, okay, no, never. Perfect. So all of a sudden, the girl's like up on, like sitting straight up and staring like blankly at at a window. Yeah, and her back's turned to the entire scene. You don't see her face at all. She starts reading like word for word off the book and turns around and you're like, oh, there's a deadite. I've seen these before. (laughs) (laughs) She basically scalps this girl with her bare hands, which is pretty brutal and lets her just kind of walk out of the house the girl staggers back down to the deck um drunky Shitty is down there with his like drone and he's like what the f the girl falls i, I don't remember why she can't talk but she can't really talk maybe she's just a no, she shock does. or something does she yeah okay well she makes something out and then our deadite friend comes out and rips some shit up yeah Well, she gets ripped up by the drone too. So she yeah, she grabs the
1: drone out of midair and smashes it against her face with all the propellers. So she has these yeah. But that this whole thing, the scalping for me, Mm -hmm. I know it's the opening scene, so it does literally set the scene. But it was like the first thing that I see in the movie, and I literally gasped when (laughs) when she got scalped. I'm watching this movie by myself in my living room. She gets scalped, and I'm like, whoa! What the
0: what is going on? That's right about when I text you because I was you know. Behind the scenes, we do talk to each other once in a while. I text you and I said, this is already better than the last four things that we watched. And I was not even at the title card yet. Now, the funny thing is, so you've probably seen up this point already. That This is one of the biggest problems with this movie is so much of the stuff that's good in this movie is in the trailer. And this is one of the things that's in the trailer. The girl that's possessed, all cut up, gets in the water. The water's all bloody and she essentially rises out of the water like zombie Satan Jesus. And you see the title card, Evil Dead Rise, and it cuts to what I'm assuming is L.A. It's some kind of city that has earthquakes. I don't think they ever say what city it is, but yeah, it's L.A. Okay. the interesting or fun thing about that title sequence, it really doesn't give or take anything to the story of the movie, but it's a really cool little like, again, five to seven minute scene that you get just to kind of kick this off and kind of make you feel like you're getting an idea of what you're getting yourself into. I do like the fact that they have this scene, this opening scene is so
1: just out there. And we come to the movie, you know, it it fades to black and it says one day prior, the the previous day or something like that. And that's when we join our main characters. We find out that. Oh,
0: shit. I just figured out why that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fucking moron. Yeah. Yeah. I just figured it out. Totally makes sense. Okay. It does make sense. So we find that out later. Okay. Yeah. So we
1: come up, we, the movie reopens or the fades out, fades in to Beth. She's taking a pregnancy test in like a, in a club, in a club bathroom. She's a guitar tech. You find out she's a a roadie or a guitar tech for this band. You don't know anything about the band, but you get quickly. Yeah. And you quickly kind of find out things about Beth. And then we, we go to her sister who is Ellie
0: and her family and her kind of deal. We go to her sister who fades into the most obvious, like, well, where that's going to come back. They show her walking by a wood chipper. I'm like, gee, it's an Evil <laughs> Dead movie. I wonder if that's going to come back at some point. <laughs> well, the thing that I was
1: going to say that I really like about what this movie does is it has it expedites the story like it doesn't yeah. give you too much. It gives you just enough story that you need to push you forward to the next thing. It doesn't take too much time sitting there. And, and you know, you're not sitting there for 40 minutes with them telling you the backstory of these characters, it's very quickly established that, that Beth is this Ellie's sister, the aunt, to her kids, her four kid, her three kids. You find out basically she's pregnant and that she's come to visit because she's on hard times. You know, she's, she's pregnant and she doesn't know what to do. Like she doesn't know where to go. And mm. And we find out Ellie, you know, she's a single mom, her husband left and she's there taking care of her three kids. The building that they're living in is, not really condemned, but they're they're destroying it. They are demolishing it within a month, so they have to move. We know all this. Twenty minutes into the movie, we know all this. It's all been established. We know that they have to move out of the house, and we know some of the things that set the scenes about her kids, like the, her oldest son. He's like a DJ. He's an aspiring DJ. He's practicing on his turntable, the ones and twos. He's DJ Killyo Family.
0: Is that his name? That's what I named him. Oh,
1: okay. And then her her daughter, her older daughter. It is, a uh, she's like, a uh, wants to go to a protest and she's kind of like this bleeding heart, liberal kind of person. And the young daughter, the youngest daughter, the youngest child is like, you know, the typical, I don't know, Wednesday Adams kind of character where she's cutting the heads off of her dolls and, you know, putting the head on top of a staff. The doll's name is, you can guess it, Staffney. So we get all this stuff that's all really established about these characters. They all have their own personalities. And again, we're only 20 minutes into this movie, roughly. We know about there are neighbors. We know all this stuff. And she sends the kids out. Ellie is trying to figure out what's going on with her sister, why she came to visit. She sends the kids out to go get pizza when she tells her sister that her and her husband are separated. Again, first 20 minutes, you know, all this stuff. Kids come back. An earthquake happens. And it opens a hole in the ground, in the basement, in the parking garage, in the basement of this building. And of course, as you do when you find a newly earthed, unearthed hole in the ground, you crawl in it and you look and see what's in there. As soon as you find the book
0: with teeth, you immediately pick it up.
1: Yeah, and a bunch of religious artifacts and a
0: yeah, a, a crucified Jesus falls, almost falls on you. Yeah, that's, I mean, no big deal. I'm still not 100% sure how he got out of that hole, but that's fine.
1: I think the rebar, it wasn't like a super deep hole and it was,
0: wasn't. yeah,
1: I think it was like
0: exposed enough that he could climb out. So as we're talking about it, one thing, you know, you, you mentioned this is about maybe 20, 25 minutes into the runtime by the time he gets into that hole. I like that they give you this like little teaser scene to start the movie because it almost like gives you that like, it's like your first beer as you're going into the six pack. You get that one down really quick and then you can kind of get ready for everything else that's going to come. And you're right. It doesn't waste time. It doesn't really linger on where they want. It gives you just enough character building to know who everyone is in this movie. It doesn't really make you like or dislike any of them. Like, I kind of don't like the kids, but I don't like teenagers in general. So that's probably a big part of why I'm like, oh, DJ, idiot. Kill your family. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, you know, the mom is... The, you know, a tattoo artist, which comes back into the movie at some point as far as what's going on here. But it does a good job of making a very believable living situation for this family. It's not like they're, you know, complaining about being poor and being evicted, but living in like some high rise in the Hamptons or something like that.
1: Yeah, And everything seems really I thought the the set design, everything seemed really lived in, really well worn. It seemed it believable. made sense. I, I like that they established that the sun I thought this was kind of funny, actually. They established this son as like a DJ or an aspiring DJ's practicing. And when he goes in the vault under the, the building used to be a, a bank and the earthquake opens up the hole in the ground, which is the vault, the underground vault. And one of the thing, of course, that he finds is vinyl records,
0: which would go with his hobby. So of course he's going to take those and play them. I mean, uh, that's what you're going to do, right? Okay. So not long into my notes here. The first thing, I, one of the first things I wrote so, first, I wrote that phone flashlights are not that fucking good. When he's in this hole, he's using his phone as a <laughs> flashlight. And I, I, this is just a pet peeve in movies. I hate that people treat, in movies, treat phone flashlights like they're a goddamn spotlight. They're not that great a light. They work for when you need them. Like they'll help you, you know, find the dog turd when you're walking the dog at night, but they're not going to ha- help you go on a fucking Indiana Jones excavation to get a, a book of the dead. But once he gets upstairs and he starts, so. The Necronomicon or the, the Nobi recordings, or at least whoever's reading this version of the Necronomicon, I'm assuming it's the Nobis, because it's, it's always those fuckers. How the fuck did this get pressed onto vinyl? This isn't tape. You can't just record that at home and press onto vinyl. You, yeah, you how can. The fuck did that? No, you can't. Back in the old days,
1: that's how they you did You just it.
0: press onto vinyl.
1: Well, it, cuts, it actually cuts into the vinyl. I understand it's that. It's not like a dub plate. It's not like we're we're manufacturing these things. It's a
0: one-off. You can find those. I saw it on Mr. Rogers.
1: Mr. Mr. Rogers, Rogers is, wouldn't
0: fucking lie. Mr. Rogers is a complete fucking liar. How dare Probably you? Probably a dead eye, too. All right, the show's so, over. <laughs> so once we get past that, DJ, kill your family. He spins the tables. We hear it. it, it is actually, as much as I'm annoyed that they put the nec- Necronomicon reading on vinyl. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> I thought the sequence they did when he's reading through it, and, and the way it, it did the kind tried doing the like Sam Raimi cuts to the speakers, and it looked very modernized, but it kind of worked really, really well for that sequence of events.
1: Yeah, I think that they paid. There are a lot of these little, just kind of jumping around in the movie. Not necessarily just this part, but there are lots of little homages There's
0: to the other ton. to the other films in the series almost to the point where it gets annoying you think so i think there's times when it does so for me just to kind of
1: put it all out on the table i i've seen the movies i didn't see the most the one from 2013 or whatever the the new i don't know if it was a reboot or a reimagining or what it was
0: it's i think it's supposed to be a reboot so the 2013 movie is like A hard borderline torture porn retelling of the original movie, except you take out Ash. Well, kind of he's got an Easter egg at the very end. But you take out Ash and you replace the characters that we know with a girl. I think her name was Mia, if I remember right. Don't quote me on that. The reason they're at the cabin is she's got a drug habit and they think the way to get her clean is to take her to this cabin that happens to be filled with corpses that they find. And just rehab her there. So that's kind of what leads them to the cabin in that movie. That one, I don't want to go too far on a tangent on that because it probably will get its own episode at some point, whether I like it or not. But that one for me, you know how the first the original Evil Dead movie feels like a straight horror movie and then it kind of found its legs and kind of turned into what most people think of the Evil Dead franchise for. This one goes that one goes a lot further back into being this is a straight horror movie. It's a not even so much a body count. It's about what kind of torture can we put these? I think there's five of them. Maybe it's six. However, many of these kids that get to this cabin, how much torture and pain can we inflict on these creatures for the next hour and a half, two hours, whatever the runtime of this movie is?
1: Well, my point is basically I'm not like a. am not a hardcore evil dead. Oh, I'm slap. definitely the bigger evil dead fan of. the yeah, two. Yeah, I else. mean, I've seen them. But I'm not, for me, someone that's just kind of coming into the series, or not into the series, but into this movie, because I've heard great things. We wanted to talk about it. I have a a friend that was like, this is, you should see this movie kind of thing. But for me, it didn't seem like an annoying, near annoying amount of homage. I just thought it was cool that they had these little kind of pieces that they kind of picked necessarily scenes or maybe items from other movies to kind of. To tie it together, I thought I just thought it was a nice touch.
0: I like how with this one, we didn't have to see the modern version of Tree Rape in the elevator. I like that it's just kind of implied. I think anyone who's watched this franchise knows what's going on in that initial elevator scene. I thought they played that off pretty well.
1: I thought a lot of it was played off well because it felt like while it is in the series, like in the continuum somewhere, it didn't feel like you had to do pre-weck pre-weck prerequisite viewing of some other movie to get an idea of, Oh, well, what are the rules in this movie? It kind of, again, because the story is so expedited, the plot is expedited. We get all that stuff out of the way. You kind of know what you need to know. And then we get on with, (laughs) with everything else. Like everything else comes so fast and furious that it's nice that they get the story out of the way and it's established you know what's happening. You you know what's ha- You might not know exactly what's happening, but you have a good idea. And they just move into everything.
0: I like some of the real minimal effects they do at the beginning of this movie, especially like there's a scene when the mom. Is, so the mom goes in the elevator. Doesn't matter why she goes down there, but she's after the earthquake. They're doing shit. They're trying to take care of stuff. Mom's the one who initially gets Ellie. That's her. Na- that's her name, right? Yep. She's like the patient zero, I guess, for this particular Deadite outbreak. And she's really the the main one that you see through the majority of the film. When she's starting to turn, because, you know, with Evil Dead movies, they never go from like one to, you know, a hundred like that. They always have a little bit of a progression and you almost see the person who's possessed kind of fight it off for a little bit. I really liked some of the scenes they did like the way they did her creeping in and just like cooking all creepily and, or cooking, just throwing eggs into like this hot pan and just being really bizarre. The really, really minimal effect played really well. She after that, she like power vomits like the entire, you know, 88 Dallas Cowboys like load out on the floor. You paint beautiful pictures with words. That's why could, it, it looks gross. <laughs> And she, she goes and takes a nap as you do. So she starts her sisters in the room with her and she starts getting this really like weird, creepy voicemail that plays as a really good, super minimal, like low budget effect. And this is all before you get to again, trailer scenes where she's all of a sudden they throw into the bathtub and she's fucking, you know, spider walking on the walls and shit like that. I think it's one of the things that works really well in this movie because we haven't mentioned this yet, but this movie was originally uh, slated to be a straight-to-streaming HBO release, so it wasn't supposed to get a theatrical cut. Some of those really minimal effects, I think they play really well because it almost shows what a creative director can do when they're forced to work with a budget. Of course, it went to theaters. This movie killed. This movie made over $100 million in, like, two weeks. So I'm sure there's a lot of stuff they added in when they found out it was going to get a theatrical cut. But some of those little touches that would have played just on the small screen really well, I think are some of the finer points of this movie. See,
1: this is why I don't watch trailers, because I, didn't, I don't didn't know want anything
0: to watch the I trailer. for. this. I didn't know I, anything about this movie. I all I knew was the poster. That's all I knew. I didn't want to watch the trailer for this. It was in front of a movie that I went to go see when I saw Scream in the theater. This was the first trailer that was on there, so I mean, I could sit there with my you know fingers in my ear going, <laughs> blah 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 blah. I've done that. I, I did not, but you know the big reveal in this, which everyone's seen right now, is when she's pretty much fully switched over, like there's no going back. And you know, what's her face? Ellie pops out of the tub or crawls out of the tub and has the mommies with the maggots now line. Why the fuck would you put that in the trailer? You're just ruining one of the things that could have been the stronger point of your movie. But no,
1: yeah. I mean, you got to sell a movie, right? It it worked. They, they I made think you money. Sold
0: this movie just by calling it an Evil
1: Dead movie. I don't know about that. I don't know how much cachet. I mean, that carries a big cachet amongst fanatics or people that are really into it. But you do these bombastic, over the top trailers with you know the shit that's gonna get people asses in seats. Especially nowadays, you got to do that. You can't. You can't hold back. But unfortunately, that. You know, showing stuff like that, ruin I don't know, I wouldn't say ruins, but it, it kind of kills a lot of the suspense or a lot of the surprise or a lot of the things that you want to bring them in the theater to see. You're showing them, you know. Yeah.
0: I, I don't watch trailers because I show you everything in the movie. I normally agree with you. I, I Normally. Well, I'll watch a, a trailer if I have no idea what the movie is going into it. So, like, we again, we didn't like this movie. I didn't have any idea what X was when X came out initially. So that's why I watched that trailer, because I wanted to get an idea of is this something I give a shit about? But for something like, and again, I said the same thing with scream. I said the same thing with Halloween. I don't need a fucking trailer to tell me to go watch an evil dead movie. Like there's, this is the fifth one of these. I have a pretty good idea if I want to go see it or not by now. I just think there are a lot of people that,
1: that don't, I mean, you know, we're getting off on a tangent, but I think that there are a lot of people that don't know what evil Dead is that are going to go see a movie because, Oh shit, they did that. You see that bitch do that. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they're going to go see it because of that.
0: You might, and a be lot right more people are going to go see it
1: because of that than the people that are like, "Man, I love me some Evil Dead. Let's go see the new one." You know, I, I just think it's you got to, you got
0: to niche up. You <laughs> why, know, you why can't do I, just... why, do, why do my people get the nerd voice? <laughs> I don't know. All right, tell them stop being nerds. Sean, tell me about the effects in this movie because this is where about we where we really kind of transform into like some of those things that Evil Dead's known for, which is over the top gore and effects. I thought they were amazing. There were so
1: You know, we talk about we talk about watch checks i think that we should like incorporate watch checks into some of the you know some of the actual review like numbers that we do
0: this movie kind of do we mentioned that yeah, if it's we a, do. an hour and a half or less like, shit almost... is this thing almost over jesus christ yeah but we mentioned remember. if you start, if you clock in at an hour and a half we mentioned that you almost start at like a 5 this movie for me uh,
1: there was one watch check for me it was at 45 minutes and i thought my watch check was only because I thought, holy shit, this movie is like a what the fuck fest and how <laughs> much more, what the fuck can there be with half the movie still to go? The the effects in this thing for me personally, I thought that they were some of it. This is the first movie that I have seen this year and maybe, and I can't tell you how long, at least a year and a half, maybe two years, maybe longer. It's probably, it's been quite a long time for me. One of those movies where they're, there is so much gore, there is so much effects, there are there so, so, things can be so grisly that I, I'm, like, almost on the verge of looking away. Like, it's that, just, like, disturbing, <laughs> some of it. Really? There's, yeah, there's a scene, for me, at, near the, well, there's, like, the chewing glass, the chewing glass scene, I don't like that. <laughs> there's this, <a scene, laughs> but I loved it, and there's the scene near the end with the, it's kind of like the final confrontation and and we bring out the power tools. And, you know, I don't want to talk, I don't want to like spell out exactly what it is, but the in the head. And it's like, she's just digging in with this thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that is, I mean, you can tell it's obviously not real, right? This is a movie. It's not a snuff film. There's not people really being killed. But when when they're showing that, I'm like, oh, my, that is so just. Over the top. I thought there were so many things. I I really, I just really loved the effects. I loved how just balls to the wall. Everything was, you know, like I said, the reason I keep reiterating and restating it over and over and over again is that we get the story out of the way. It's so that we can have these like super over the top bombastic scenes of just crazy town. Just what the fuck constantly. And
0: I love it. I'm, I'm down for it. I really love the people segment. In this, so just to kind of lead into this, Ellie gets locked out of the house, and now she's in the hallway of this apartment complex. And the neighbors are kind of aware of what's going on, more so th- than what they were before. We should say
1: there's the earthquake, there's a power outage, and it's only affecting yeah. their building. So they're kind of wandering the halls, like they know that th- the neighbors all see Ellie kind of start to transform, and they're concerned. So they, they only the only neighbors they, on this floor. Yes, because they can't they can't go downstairs because the staircase has been wiped out. They can't use the elevator because it's just going nuts, and they can't they can't use it. So they're all the people that are on this floor on like the whatever twelfth floor or whatever of this building. They are isolated from the rest of the the group or the rest of the building, and they're trying to figure out a way to get downstairs via like a fire escape. That's through something that kind of never gets really explored. Is this Vacant apartment that has access to a fire escape they try to get into it, but they don't really they don't really ever go into like what they can't get into it and they don't really ever explore that but so sorry, there's a scene with a lot of people in the hall
0: well, there's only three people in the hall, but what's fun about it is is there four I think there's three well four if you count ellie no well, five if you count Ellie because
1: there's the oh there's the neighbor the two, the okay. two kids and the mr what's his face
0: yeah. I kept thinking he was John Voight. So
1: he looked like somebody, and I kept
0: thinking, "Who is that guy?" Is that I did, kept thinking he was John Voight. I thought so, it was
1: like maybe Jeff Fahey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Jeff Fahey shows up in all this crazy stuff.
0: Well, John Voight has some crazy stuff under his belt too, but I don't think he's in anything this crazy. But he's um, just crazy. That might be yeah a little bit. But he drives a LeBaron, so it's okay. That's true. Choose his pencil. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so. You basically watch this whole, like, it's probably a solid minute segment that you're watching through the people. So when you're watching it, you at have, least. like, you have this, like, sur- like, you're. It's like a fisheye. Yeah, it's a fisheye view, basically. And you see this one kid kind of run away, and you see Ellie go chase him, and he just comes hurling across the people, which I laughed at. Yeah, same. <laughs> she goes and, like. Chomps this dude's eye out and then you get another call back to Evil Dead 2 because she spits it out and like, you know, three point shots it into another kid's mouth. I don't remember how he dies, but he also dies. Then John Voight comes out with a shotgun and that doesn't go well. And the whole time you're seeing this in this fisheye view of this lens, like there's more and more blood getting splattered on the lens. Mm -hmm. And then she just comes and staggers back and starts talking through the door like. Saying something like "All you need is a hug. Just let me in, we'll be fine." Yeah, I like that. That whole
1: sequence when they kind of they show you that nothing's off limits when they throw the kid against the wall and
0: he kind of splatters a little bit. And well, and that goes even further. Like you mentioned, that was kind of one of the things I wondered with this. Like a lot of times with movies, like pets and kids are almost off limits. Like yeah, they're they not going to really. Yeah, this movie does not care. <laughs> so, like of the there's only. Well, I don't want to say that because that will kind of ruin part of the movie. But, yeah, they do some pretty uh, damaging things to some kids in this movie. And it, it certainly gives the movie some balls, to say the least. Fuck them, kids. I'm totally with you. you DJ kill yourself or whatever. Kill your family. Kill everyone. He got what's coming to him. I like the Shining Homages throughout it. There's like two or three of them initially when they lock away out of the apartment they have the camera shot that's right up on beth is that her name the sister yeah they have the camera shot that's straight up on her which is straight out of the um you know wood chopping scene or the door chopping scene in the shining obviously you have the elevator scene later which i didn't think that played as well as the like quick camera shot did but um i've heard a lot of people compare this just to the overall like concept of the Shining, which I'm not sure I agree with that, but I like that they've kind of taken on some of the, uh, some camera tricks and some things to kind of make it just look really cool.
1: Yeah. There's this effect. I can't remember what it's called. It's called split. I was looking at, I was looking at something and they mentioned the shot and it's the shot where it's actually a a practical shot. It's not like a, I mean, it might be in this movie, but it's like a, it's a practical shot where it's the person is kind of profile. And they're in focus and the background is in focus, too, while something else is going on. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but it's it's about when she's listening to the record again.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When she has the headphones on. Yeah, I'm talking about this is right before the people. So she gets Ellie out and locks the door and they show Beth kind of with her hands on the door, holding the door closed, even though she locked it they put the camera on the ground looking straight up at her it's the exact same shot that jack has when uh of jack when shot of jack (laughs) same shot when Shelly duvall can't think of her name in the movie now she locks herself in the bathroom and they show jack fucking with her through the door before he goes and gets the fire axe it's almost like a the exact angle the exact shot and it's obvious like that's what they were going for but It looked really cool. I do like when Ellie finally gets back in the house, spoiler, and that scene you're talking about, I thought that was a really cool, like, almost like a a fucking with your death perception type shot. And they do the really cool thing where she uses her finger as a needle and just starts broadcasting through her mouth in a weird way. That was pretty cool. I did say have notes in here that's because they're starting at there's a point where they start kind of running around the house, the apartment and as chaos is ensuing. I approached was like, why the fuck wouldn't you turn off the stove? There's like a fire going on in the kitchen only to come back like to 20 seconds later. I'm like, oh, it's a plot device. I see they're using it for something else now because uh, one of the kids was burning themselves or something <laughs> at that point. So I thought there were some things I'm like, a lot of times people get something and say, why the fuck would you do that? Like, oh, it's going to kill something in the next 20 seconds.
1: I feel like a lot of things in this movie, they, they may seem they, they just kind of pass over really kind of broadly and quickly sometimes. But it most of the time, I think the the scene with the not the scene, but the whole idea with the vacant apartment that doesn't really ever come to fruition. But there are so many other things in this movie that they just kind of pass over briefly and they come back to it and it pays off. Right. So we have, oh, the kid, he's on like I said earlier, the kid with the turntable, he's doing the thing. We have Staphne. Staphne plays a role. Later on in the movie, it almost plays a role at the beginning. The tattoo gun that Ellie's kind of working on at the beginning of the movie, that pays off later down the line. There's just so many little touches. I You could tell a lot of care was put into not just giving you these red herrings, but doing these things in the movie that are going to have some effect later on down the line or have some kind of some kind of uh, payoff, even even when. Beth is, you know, she's a guitar tech and she's like all the power's out but she has to be able to play this record to be able to listen to the third installment I guess of the vinyl to kind of hear what happens to see what happens next to the people or the priests or the 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 brothers how and they, Yeah, shit. how to get out of the out of the situation and we have that too you know her experience as a guitar tech which there is no other reason for her to be this character other than to be able to do this in the movie, right? She like kind of rigs up her own amp and uh, speaker system so she, or headphones, I guess. So she can listen to what what happens next.
0: At the same time, it kind of if you're going to write a story, forget all the Evil Dead stuff. If you're going to write a story with a tattoo artist and say, oh, and her sister is a guitar tech. I'm like, yeah, that's totally believable. I can see that. So, I mean, I know both of those families. It makes sense. I mean this is the most we've kind of gone through step by step ish on a movie in a while, but obviously eventually they gotta get out of this apartment. They do get out of the apartment, they make their way to the basement. I won't really say exactly what happens and how they get there. This is probably the biggest spoiler I'm gonna give, but I'm gonna put it in there anyway. How'd you feel about the thing getting into the Evil Dead? What do you what do you mean? the thing the movie? into this like yeah, this anthropomorphic blobby of demon like spider thing. I don't even know what you would call that. I looked on Wikipedia. They called it a marauder.
1: I don't know why they called it that. I don't know if there's like some precedent for that.
0: Essentially
1: Ellie and her kids come together as this like
0: Cerberus. Oh shit. Yeah. Before we go to that, because this leads into that. I laughed my ass off when they blew her leg off with the shotgun.
1: Oh yeah. The the shotgun dismemberment got a lot of laughs from me too. Yeah. I I enjoyed that. But she like, They like basically the kids start digging into her flesh and fusing to her and become this big. I mean, there's so many. You said the thing and that that makes sense, but it reminds me of, like, of um society where they kind of all come together in this big, yeah, kind of goopy, gloppy like or slither, organism. A slither, slither. A lighter yeah. yeah, yeah. They, for Grant, Grant's whole kind of transformation. So it kind of I don't Let's know if that's necessarily less
0: goopy than slither, but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a little less goopy than society, too, because that's I mean, society is just straight up ectoplasm. But I don't think that I don't necessarily think that's a I didn't consider that now that you say like the thing, I didn't really think of it at the time as being kind of the thing. I don't know if do they have they they
0: haven't done something like that in other Evil Dead movies. No, no, they haven't done that at all. Like the other Evil Dead. I mean, they've had monsters that like morph into things kind of, but they've always been one creature. I can't think of you know, what, I'm going to TV show aside, because I've only watched the TV show once and they might have done some that that show, I felt like went off the rails towards the second half of it. So they might have done it there. But I can't think of anything in the films where they've done anything even close to that. It's not to say that they can. I mean, obviously, they're making this shit up as they go along, and that's fine. But I can't think of anything even remotely close to that in the films. Right. Yeah. This. I thought
1: that that was crazy. Like, it was grotesque and disgusting and
0: i don't know i don't know we don't get a lot of that anymore the whole like creature feature type thing where they're just kind of you know lurching around and again just like you predicted as soon as you see some of these power tools you're like "Mm, i wonder if that's going to come back to play at some point in here yeah (laughs) they do and i feel like that's a pretty satisfying payoff too like we don't have to go into the how that all all unfolds i feel like we should leave something for you to watch but i think we've left a lot to watch and i don't want to get
1: into uh anything else that kind of ruins it. Because I feel like this is a movie that if you haven't watched, if you're listening to this, hopefully you've already watched it. Hopefully you didn't see the trailer before you saw it. I'd love to hear people that didn't hear that didn't see the trailer before they watched it. And people that, that did see the trailer and watched it and feel like it, if it had any effect on their opinion of the movie, but I just to kind of just hand wave all the, the, that whole kind of, you know, big, exciting finale away. I love the fact that at the end of the movie that they tie it back to the beginning
0: of the movie. Yeah. I'm dumb and didn't even catch that. Exactly <laughs> what they did. Tell you, I just watched this before we started again. Like I've, I've watched it a second time, right before we started. I'm like, eh, that ending scene was dumb. That didn't really do anything. I'm like, Oh wait, now oops. I get it. So, oops, uh, oops. I had an oops. Oops. I, I had a question for you.
1: You've seen it twice. So you're expert mm-hmm. of this podcast. Cause I've only seen it once so far. <laughs> Oh, so they take the, they, they, they take the elevator down. Yeah. Right. And it makes a bit of a mess to say Again, the shining
0: like Right.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. And the next day the neighbor comes out, do they go to a different,
0: like, so there are people on the, the, the neighbor not comes from the fifth the floor. She does not take the elevator. She takes takes the stairs. stairs. Okay. She goes to the elevator, hits the button and it's flashing on the basement. Okay. Got it. And she goes to the stairs. Cause I was wondering that too. When I was, I, I was watching it. I was like, how the fuck does no one in this building have any like idea? Well, all the stuff that happens has to be so colossally, you know,
1: deafening. That right. no one else notices. But that was the one thing where I'm like, someone is, wa- is taking the exact path. So the elevator piece and taking the stairs. Well, the stairs were wiped out and there could be multiple staircases, but the staircase at the top level was wiped out for a few floors, at least because they can't make it down. So I was just curious as to how the the last person that leaves the building didn't know anything about what had well, happened. Didn't see that anything. See. That's Correct. the only one that we yeah.
0: See. yeah, I'm sure there's other people still sleeping in and getting, you know. Walk of shame and all that fun stuff. Yeah, all that good stuff. Whatever happens after an earthquake. We don't really have earthquakes here. And when we do, they're pretty unimpressive. Oh, I I think my
1: mustard tipped over.
0: Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) All right, let's get into hot dogs. So why don't you kick us off? I'm interested to see where you go with it. And I don't don't want to show my hand, but I guess I'll tell you first. I'll tell you my. You want me to
1: go first? Yeah, I do. I think I went first last time. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. Who cares? That's the ticket. God damn it. That's the ticket.
0: I'd say overall, this movie's intense, gory, brutal, and right in line with the majority of what I want from an Evil Dead movie. The majority. What holds it back for me, and this is more of a personal opinion that more than anything, is it doesn't quite feel like an Evil Dead movie to me, and the reason why it doesn't feel like an Evil Dead movie is because the two biggest things that's missing is Sam Raimi directing and Bruce Campbell being the assholy lovable jerk that is the lead character i like beth in this movie i like really all the characters in this movie to an extent, at least the two you know the main deadite and i like like i said i like beth they're they carry their weight very well but for me this will never like until unless you have that combination it's just not you can't remake that magic that is for me evil dead 2 and to a an lesser extent army darkness that's it's a very Unique thing that is like cemented in my brain, and I fully realize it 's because that 's what turned me into a like horror movie nerd and all that stuff, so it 's not fair to this movie but for what this movie is, i don 't know if twelve million dollars is considered low budget, but I like that this movie feels like a low budget movie with a very modern take on it. I think it takes a lot of the old tropes from this franchise that you want to see, and it does them pretty well if it could just make me laugh at the things that aren't just like horrific (laughs) people getting their legs shotgunned off or a child being (laughs) mauled you know if it was making me laugh because of the way like it needs that schlock that's what it's missing to me is the schlock that you get in those really the second and the third movie that is not here in my opinion as a movie if you were looking at it just as a standalone movie i think Like you mentioned, it's great that this is a movie that you don't have to go watch a TV show and four other movies to be able to sit down, watch this and enjoy it. Hear that, Marvel? You can do that. You can make a standalone movie and not have to do 14 hours of homework to enjoy it. I think that's great. And I think for the majority of people who just want a brutal, fun ride of a horror movie, this is going to work. It's just got that one thing that's a major thing for me that holds it back. And if this wasn't called Evil Dead, if this was called, I don't know, apartment demons or something, I guess I'd probably complain that it's not that's too much like Demons 2, then. Maybe call it Joe's apartment demons. There could be more see, cockroaches. There we go. See, was, we they gotta hire us for this shit. We do. Or they do, yes. That would that would be the difference for me. Is I have an expectation with the Evil Dead franchise and it didn't hit everything on it and That's probably no fault of this movie. That's more fault of my expectation. So I'd give this like a solid seven and a half cheese graters out of 10 hot dogs. It's absolutely worth watching. I will absolutely watch this again. I do. This is a franchise. I'll marathon through again, sans TV show, maybe the first season or two, but I'll go through these movies again. And this one, unlike 2013, which I very rarely will rewatch. This one will get a rewatch probably as several times before the end of the year and on a lesser note this is probably one of the more entertaining new films that we watch if not the most entertaining new film that we've watched since we've started doing this podcast
1: yeah for me i'm coming in at a different angle i think that between the two of us you know you're you're obviously the bigger evil dead fan evil dead plays a big part in your fandom for me i'm coming at at it as someone with no like reverence, not no reverence, but I have little reverence for the series. I love, love to love Army of Darkness. Didn't see the 2013 one. Can barely remember what the difference is between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. For me, this movie is one of, if not the best movie I've seen this year. And I'm not do- talking just about horror movies, because let's be honest, it's been kind of slim pickings from what we've talked about here on the show. I'm talking about movies I've seen regardless of genre. So compared to all the movies we talked about the last few weeks, this is an absolute, I don't know. This may be hyperbole, but it's a masterpiece <laughs> and a thankful palate cleanser. I'd say it's,
0: I would oh, say overdue. It, we yeah, were so yeah, due We were so we were, we were overdue. I
1: would say <laughs> that it's, I would say it's a slow start, but it's really not. And the reason is there is so much packed into this movie that makes it step right up to the edge and it actually like toes the line of information overload. It only feels like the movie starts out slow because there's so much that's packed in. It's so dense. It's like this thick layer of action, of horror, of gore for about an hour and 15 minutes until the end. So we get that first 15 minutes or so. That's kind of really, you know, feels like it's a slow start, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not. There's just enough story and background of the main five characters that it doesn't feel like there's any time wasted. You don't learn any unnecessary facts about the key players. And that's what really lets the movie move on to that gore, onto that action, onto that horror. Anytime I really questioned what was going on, the movie just brought me back into why something's placed where it is, why something's in the movie, and each little breadcrumb trail, other than the apartment feels like it 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 brings you right up to the next plot point i have to watch this movie a few more times before i can really solidly back what i'm about to give it the rating i'm about to give it but on first viewing i would have to give evil dead rise nine titty sucking parasites out of 11 hot dogs
0: you need to start giving awards for who has the better <laughs> hot dog naming rating scale yeah because yeah. it yeah i think you won this week so <laughs> all right so Question of the week. We did quite. We have questions now. This question goes back to we're going to start with reading some answers. This one is from the Winnie the Pooh blood and honey episode. Fuck, I hate that movie. (laughs) Is that the question? No. Did you hate this movie as much as I did? I know the person who wrote this did hate this movie as much as I did. But the question was, what was the question? Paraphrasing because I don't I didn't I just took notes on it. If you could turn any property into a movie, what would you want that movie to be? And what would you like to do with it? The you run podcast, our friends at, over at the you run podcast told us, I want the Winnie the Pooh blood and honey team to make a Care Bears horror movie. Then I want you to review it with the same love you showed Pooh. And he included a picture, which I believe is from Family Guy, of a Care Bear with a crowbar that says, I'm an intensive care. Bear." I don't think we'd give it. We wouldn't we wouldn't think of it very fondly, but, you know we didn't think very fondly of wing of the poop well that's what i'm saying i mean i guess couldn't be any worse right i don't know if i said this when we recorded but i know i told you this separately that was the one movie that i tried so hard to erase from my mind that in the time between when we recorded it and when it came out i forgot like 12 times what the fuck was coming out because i wanted to forget it that badly and it's haunting us so thanks for that i don't (laughs) remember who told us to watch that. that this week's question of the or last week's question of the week so answers from last week was what director do you like but do not like their movies our friend jordana at pretty killer Podcasts and feature creature dtf she responded with i love cronenberg but i don't really like body horror interesting combination because oh well, sean just like fell out oh of the seat. god did you hear that the crash how could you not like i mean
1: well no so she's saying that she likes cronenberg she just doesn't like body horror. Mm-hmm. So she likes like Eastern Promises and a History of Violence and all those I mean those are great movies too. History
0: of Violence was a Cronenberg movie? Yeah.
1: That's the one with Vigo, right? Yeah, so is Eastern Promises.
0: I didn't know that was a Cronenberg like movie.
1: Best bros.
0: <laughs> I learned something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love Cronenberg movies. That's me. David R. Owens, who is at DR Owens 901, replied, I guess Marty is okay as a person. I'm assuming he's referring to Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Let's see. Chow, who is at Chow three 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 there, verified, said Tarantino. Love his interviews. He doesn't make good films. They don't hold up at all. Not that it was asked about, but Kevin Smith makes bad films and is a piece of shit.
1: (laughs) I think you had your answer was like for the inverse was Tarantino, right?
0: Yeah, I like his films, but I don't like the person. Or at least I from what I can tell, I don't like the person. And then Sophie Vige at Sophia Vige said this week's Web3 dev MEV strategy is sick. He's earning $1K a day. Check out this video and start. Aw, oh, nice. I don't think she read the question.
1: What? So. What movies yes. has Web3 done? Nothing good. All right. So what was, your, what was your... Yeah, hey, that's good enough. What's, what's your answer? I don't think we... You gave us the inverse, but what was, what's your real answer?
0: Uh, I'm sticking with Tarantino's. My, my inverse is my real answer because I couldn't think of anything else. All right. You want my answer? Go for it.
1: All right. My answer is Wes Anderson. I like some of his movies. I like him. I find his work interesting. But every time he has a new movie that comes out, I think what pretentious bullshit is going to (laughs) happen. It's going to happen in this movie. Half the time, if I even bother seeing it, like I end up enjoying it. And the other half makes me think, well, that was some pretentious bullshit.
0: What did I just watch? He's kind of a love or hate for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. That's. I think he's a he's really creative. I mean, you know, but I just did he
0: do Iowa Dogs? I think
1: is that him. I think maybe because uh, I really like that machine one. We
0: could look up. Yeah, but he did Fantastic Mr. Fox. He said Wes Anderson, not Paul Thomas Anderson, right? Yeah, Wes Anderson. Uh, he looks like exactly what his movies are. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, Life Aquatic and yeah. See, it, again, more. just looking at the top three in here, it's, or the first three that I'm seeing was at Moonrise Kingdom, Life Aquatic, and the French Dispatch. Mm-hmm. I love the Life Aquatic. I care less about these other two. So, yeah. good answer. Thanks. Um,
1: we ready for the new question of the week? Yes. All right. The new question of the week. We will answer next week. You can answer. We'll talk about it next week. What's your favorite remake slash reboot of a known series? So, what I'm saying is it can't be some like remake of an indie movie that they're redoing or whatever It can't be something that's like really obscure that's been done before that they're just redoing for for America, you know if it's like a French movie that they're redoing for america what's to your favorite ring. yeah, what's your favorite remake slash reboot of a relatively known series? I mean, this isn't something that you know we're not gonna hold your feet to the fire, but you know it can't be like i don't know some. A super obscure korean clerks for
0: right <laughs> that is not my answer
1: good we'll, we'll so, answer okay. it next week we got a week to think about it
0: that's good what are we missing here am i do we trail off on anything or are we done are we done with this shit no we're done with this shit all right so we're done with this shit for now we'll be back next week with some other shit I think we still have a request to to get out of the to get out of the way to get to taking so we'll see what what <laughs> torture is okay. Apparently our listeners really enjoy torturing us up to this point so I would. we'll see what happens Yeah no you gotta take your shot right Yeah So in the meantime if you have something that you want us to talk about you could always drop us a line at our website which is craptown in the feedback options wherever you're listening to this especially on Spotify you can Reply right on the episode. You can leave us feedback there. And, of course, you can find us on all the social media outlets, whatever you're on. We're probably on it, too, at Dewey Podmonster. And then if you want to talk about beer, talk to Sean, because he knows more about beer than I do. He's an authority on such things. Wow. Big shoes to fill. You can find out more about my craft beer adventures. Cr-
1: craft beer adventures. Watch <laughs> it, craft beer adventures? Yeah. Adventures. <laughs> at adventures. YouTube.drafttherapy.com, where you can find lots of reviews on Michigan beer, some non Michigan beer. Waldos just came out recently. I talked about Waldos like I don't know, last year, 2 years ago, something like that. And uh you can see what a 13-year-old Oberon tastes like or what I think it tastes like. And you can find me on all the social media networks at Draft Therapy.
0: Uh additionally, I put up a poll about this earlier. I'll put it up a couple more times cuz I need to flood your shit with it, but If you are interested in doing live streams with us or just watching us do a live stream, either way, let us know. We're thinking about switching over and starting to do that. We will have expanded episodes so you can see all the shit that gets cut out if we decide to start live streaming. Let us know. Let us know what you might be interested in. in, Or, of course, if you want to be a guest on this classy production, we can arrange that too. So hit us up. We look forward to talking to you, and we will be back next week with some more bullshit. Cheers.
1: Sayonara, put face